Good morning. We welcome you to Grapevine Baptist Church. We are so glad you've chosen to be with us today. We're excited about you coming and being a part with us at this hour. And we're thankful to God that he's allowed us this ability to share with you, even in a time like this, that we can still come together and we can have church. Now, there's only four of us in the sanctuary today. There's two in the sound booth taking care of the recording and the, the sound and the, and the video, and there's Char and myself here. And so it, it really doesn't matter if there's four, if there's 40, 400, or 4,000. What matters is that the Lord Jesus Christ be honored, be glorified, and be lifted up. Because our desire is that we can enter into the very presence of Almighty God this morning and we can worship Him. And that's what we have come here to do is to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for supporting the church financially during these trying times continue to help in that area we still move forward in faith we're still broadcasting and it's going around the world literally and if you are listening to us right now we would love for you to let us know where you're listening from maybe God speaks to your heart and you can share a word that God has spoken to you maybe today for the first time you'll receive Christ as your personal Savior let us know what God is doing in your heart if you make a response to God but we are here to worship the Lord Jesus Christ we're here to encourage you through the Word of God we're here to challenge you and to build you up in faith as we come together to worship our Savior. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. God, be exalted, be glorified, be magnified in this place. And you, Father, you just, God, take this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Redeemer and friend Who would have thought that a lamb Could rescue the souls of men Oh, how you rescue the souls of men Counselor, Comforter, Keeper Spirit we long to embrace You offer hope when our hearts Have hopelessly lost our way Oh, we've hopelessly lost the way and you are the one that we praise you are the one we adore you give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for oh our hearts always hunger for and you are the one that we praise you are the one we adore you give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for oh our hearts always hunger for 
and almighty infinite Father faithfully loving your own here in our weakness you find us falling before your throne oh, your throne and you are the one that we praise you are the one we adore you give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for oh, our hearts always you are the one that we praise you are the one we adore you give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for oh, our hearts always hunger Amen. Thank you, Char, for such a wonderful song. If you have your Bibles, and I encourage you, if you don't have a copy of the Word of God, that you would get one, and you can follow along with us in the Word of God. Turn to the book of Acts, chapter 27. Acts, chapter 27. We're going to continue somewhat what we dealt with last week, and that is, what do you do when you don't know what to do? And we're living in a time, we're living in a situation where, where many people do not seem to understand what am I supposed to be doing right now? Because there are things that you, as a child of God, you can be doing constructively even in the midst of this pandemic. And you see, there's a world that's watching us. Your neighbors are watching you. you your friends, your coworkers are watching you. And when they look at you, when they look at me, they should not see panic, but they should see this calm, this trust in the living God. They should see our faith being demonstrated but the only way that your faith is going to be demonstrated is when you are walking in faith when you're walking in harmony with the Holy Spirit of God when you are doing as God's Word teaches us to do now in Acts chapter 27 you find the story of a shipwreck you find a situation where where God's people will find themselves in a situation that is not pleasant and you wonder why is this in the Bible because all scripture is given by inspiration now look what it says in Acts chapter 27 and verse 9 now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed Paul admonished them and said unto them sirs I perceive that this voyage will be hurt and much damage, not only of the laden in the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence, and if by any means they might attain to Phoenicia and there to winter, which is in the haven of Crete, and lies toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose loosing thence they sail close by Crete 
the Word of God gives us these Bible stories so that you and I can understand how are we to survive when our ship gets in a storm. How are you and I to survive when we find ourselves in a situation that seems beyond our control? How are you and I to survive when we find ourselves in a difficulty, when we find ourselves in an emergency? We can have confidence in Christ, and that's what the Word tells us. Now, now storms come because of at least three reasons into our lives. Sometimes storms come because we bring them on ourselves. Samson in the Bible is a prime example of this because Samson, who was a judge of Israel, he decided he would live for himself and he would do things his own way and he lost the very power and the anointing of God that was upon his life and he did not even know it that the Holy Spirit had departed in that fashion from him. So we can bring storms into our own life because we make bad, we make poor decisions. Sometimes storms come because God sends them. When the disciples were with Jesus Christ there and he said, I want you to go to the other side, they got into a boat and they faced a storm because they were obeying the word of God. Sometimes we find ourselves in a storm because we are walking in obedience to what God's word says. And then sometimes storms come because other people cause them and that's the hardest ones to deal with when we've not done anything when God has not necessarily brought it into our life, but someone else, someone else's poor decision, someone else's rash decision has brought a storm into our lives. And here's the point. Storms do not play favorites with you, with me, with anybody. But how can you be calm in the midst of a storm? How can you be of a help to someone in the midst of a storm? Well, the background of this chapter is this. Paul has been arrested, and Paul has appealed unto Caesar, and Paul is going to Rome. He's not going to Rome just to stand trial. He's going to Rome because he's going to preach the gospel to Caesar. He's going to preach the gospel to the household of Caesar. And so here it is. He's on the ship, and he senses by God that it's not a safe place to be. And he says, do not leave the harbor but the captain of the ship chose not to listen to the man of God sometimes impatience can get you into trouble sometimes we make decisions in life and we get impatient and we want to quit our job and we find ourselves in trouble we want to divorce our wife or our husband and we find ourselves in trouble we want to relocate to another city and we find ourselves in trouble sometimes impatience can get us into trouble and here you find three reasons why people got themselves into trouble here in the text that we just read number one is this they listened to the wrong advice that's what he did in verse 11 it says the owner the centurion believed the master and the owner of ship more than the things that were spoken by paul do you understand how many people we listen to throughout the day? Do you remember or do you realize all the advice that you are given throughout the day? You don't have to go long on, on your, on your uh, phone or on the internet and you're going to find all kinds of advice. And some of it might be okay, but the majority of it is just a whole lot of nonsense. I mean, people tell you how to, how to lose weight. You, you can lose weight by eating Greek yogurt and Brussels sprouts for a week. And, and we say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to lose weight. And we believe what is taking place sometimes. We, we listen to people say, oh, just have positive messages. And yet the Word of God, it has to deal with sin because you and I are sinners and we come short of the glory of God. And, and then some people, they're always experts at handling other people's problems, but they cannot handle their own problems. And we listen to the wrong advice. Sometimes we get ourselves in a storm, if you look at verse 12, because we just take a vote. Now look what it says. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart. 
We think the majority seems to know the right way. And yet the Word of God always shows us it's not the majority that knows the right way. It's usually the minority, the people of God who know God, who know the right way. Do you remember when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage? The majority said, we want to go back. We can't go forward. The majority did not know the ways of God, the will of God. And so you can't just listen to the majority opinion and say, this is right. Because what it does, it brings you into a storm. And then look at verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly, have you ever relied on your circumstances to direct your next step in life? Here these sailors, here these prisoners, here these people were on this, uh, on this boat, the soldiers, and, and they got a gentle breeze blowing. And they thought, man, it feels good. Man, it looks right. Man, it seems okay. We're going to head out. And it's crazy to ignore what the Word of God says even when circumstances appear to be favorable. You cannot live by your feelings. Because if you simply live by your feelings, you will be a mess the majority of your life. If you remember back the illustration or the story of Isaac and Jacob and Esau back in Genesis chapter 27, and when, when, when Jacob was trying to deceive his father to make him believe that he was Esau, it says in Genesis 27 that Isaac said, I touched him, I felt him, I smelled him, but I did not respond to the voice. See, see, Jacob was deceiving his father with the physical, with the senses, with, with the situation there. But when he heard his voice, he knew it wasn't Esau. He knew it was Jacob, but he did not respond to the voice. You and I, we can't go by feelings in life. We've got to respond to the voice of God. We've got to respond to the Word of God. So what happens when you get into a crisis? What happens when you find your life facing a shipwreck? Well, well, typically you're going to do three things as the sailors did when you find yourself in pressure. And the first thing is this, you're, you're going to begin to drift. And, and that's what happens. It says, not long after this, against it, a tempest wind called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught up and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. You see, here it was. They were on the ship and they thought it was good to go and they went and they went into a, into a storm. They went into a, to a hurricane they went into a, a, a tornado whatever it may be they went into this place of, of, of almost no return because they were just drifting now because they had no power over the ship and hear me problems will come into your life and problems will batter you back and forth and you can lose sight and all of a sudden you're saying I'm just going to go with the flow I'm going to let the wind drive me are you drifting right now, right now in your Christian life? Are you just, just sliding by and you're not pursuing the Father with a passion? You're not, not looking to God to speak to you. You're not engaging God in prayer and coming before him and listening. Are you just drifting along in life? Another thing that happens when you get in the storm is in verse 18. You start to discard things that are important. It says, and being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lighten the ship. Here it is, these, these desperate men that are on this ship, that, 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 that they're, they're in a panic and they start to get rid of things that are, that are important and they start removing, they start getting rid of the cargo, they start getting rid of the tackle, they start getting rid of the food and crisis has a way of doing that. 
Shipwrecks have a, have a way of doing that. We start discarding things that are important. And, and here's one of the things that I find that people discard quickly. They discard the truth of God's Word. They discard the truth of the Word of God. And they say, we've got to be tolerant because tolerance is more important than truth. We are looking for a convenient way. We are looking for an easy way. We are looking for a pragmatic way. We're looking for something that's practical. Does it work? And we discard what is important. And the Word of God is what's important right now in your life, in my life, in the life of this country. We need the Word of God. We can't discard truth. And then look what it says in verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. They gave up hope. Fourteen days they were in complete darkness. It says there in verse 27, but when the fourteenth night was come, this ship was tossed back and forth. They had no way of steering. They felt doomed. Panic set in on their life. 276 men were on board this vessel and 275 men were panic stricken. But one man, Paul, who knew God, who had heard from God, he stood firm. Man, when you fall into despair, all hope being gone, 14 days, that sounds like a quarantine period, doesn't it? 14 days they were in darkness. And maybe that's how you feel right now. You've been going through problems for, for days. You've been going through problems for weeks. Maybe you've been going through problems for years. And, and your temptation is for you to, to forget God is still in control. And God still has a plan. Because God, he imparts hope in a hopeless situation. Hear me. Paul is the only man on this vessel who's confident in Christ who is not panicking. He is completely calm. How? Because he knew the word of God. He had heard God speak. Have you heard God speak lately? Have you heard God's word being breathed into your life lately? See, the test of a man of faith is how do you handle crisis? See, character is revealed in crisis. It's not made in crisis. So what do you do when, when things are falling apart? What do you do when you're being battered by the problems of life? Can you stay calm as Paul did? Because you've got a word from God. You know your Savior. You know Almighty Jesus Christ. Hear me. God has a word. So what do you do? Here's what you do. Here's what I do in the midst of the storms of life. We've got to put down some anchors. You see, because storms are going to be coming. Storms are already here. And the safest thing you can do, I can do, is that we drop the anchors in our life. Psalm 125.1 says this. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. The need for the anchor is the need for stability. An anchor does not give you a, a secure position. The anchor secures you. It it stabilizes the ship. You see, typically reacting in a problem, in a crisis is this. We want to change stuff. No, don't start changing things. Every day you get up as a child of God, you still need to go to the Word of God and seek the face of God and seek the mind of God. See, when, when things happen in our life, when problems come into our life, we, we don't need to quit everything and sell out and move. We need to listen to God. Paul was confident. Why? Because he was encouraged by three truths. And as Christians, you need to keep these truths in mind in the very front part of your thinking because the truths of these, they, they build your life up. See, Here's the first anchor, verses 22 and 23. 
And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no losses of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. You understand in the middle of a crisis, you can drop the anchor that I know God's presence and God's word has promised me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He sends a representative to stand beside me. God's presence in the storm, my friend, he, he is there. And you may not see his face, but his face is looking at you. I'm with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I can't get through this by myself. You can't get through this by yourself. But knowing that God is with us, that gives us an anchor for our soul. The purpose of God is an anchor. Look at verse 24. Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them are that with thee. See, God has a plan, and God's purpose is greater than any temporary setback that you find yourself going through right now. And there will be setbacks, and there will be shipwrecks, and there will be storms, and you're going to hear thunder, and you're going to see lightning, and you're going to get wet. But God says, I am with you, and I've got a purpose for your life. You're to go to Caesar, you're to go to Rome, and you're to preach. God has a plan, and that's not changing are you in line with God's plan are you more focused on the problem than you are the plan of God see your purpose for living is not to chase the dream your purpose for living is to pursue the plan of God when you focus on your problems you drift when you focus on your problems you go into despair but God says I'm an anchor my presence is with you as my child. And thirdly, look what he says in verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. The third anchor you put down is you've got the promises of God. You've got the word of God. God told me that I was going to make it. God told me everybody on this boat was going to make it. Does God keep his promises? Amen, hallelujah. Yes, he does. Storms cannot change the promises of God. Problems cannot change the promises of God. Situations cannot change the promises of God. You will make it when you stick with the word of God. So what do you do while you're waiting on God to fulfill his promise? Look what it says in verse 29. And then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern, and they wished for day. Here's some takeaways. If you find yourself right now in the midst of a bad situation, it might not even be related to the virus, but you find yourself in the midst of a difficult situation, understand this, analyze your attitude. Don't overestimate your ability and don't underestimate the adversity. Analyze your attitude. Is it a faith or is it a fear? Is it an obedience to the word of God or is it of the opinion of myself? Secondly, nourish your body. You need to take something and you need to eat healthy and take care of yourself physically. Thirdly, call upon the Lord. It says they dropped anchor and you pray for daylight. Daylight is coming. Tomorrow is coming. Pray. Call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And number four, hoist the sail. Continue to press on. Don't wallow in your misery. Romans 8, 28, for God works all things to good to those that are called according to his purpose. Hear me, my friends. God's in control and he is working among his people. Hoist the sail and keep going forward in faith. And obey orders. Sometimes our orders come straight out of Scripture. 
The Bible tells us be strong and courageous. The Bible tells us call upon the Lord in the day of trouble. The Bible tells us consider it all joy when you encounter trials. The Bible tells us wait upon the Lord and you will renew your strength. Learn to obey orders. Paul said stay with the ship. Stay and God will provide marching orders for his children in life's battles, in life's storms. But we need humble hearts and open ears to hear the voice of God. And lastly, what you need to take away is you might have to remove some baggage. Storms causes us to evaluate priorities. And there's some things in our lives as Christians that are not becoming as a child of God. And we need to let go of these things and get rid of them and align ourselves with Scripture, align ourselves with the very people of God. I read a story the other day about David Livingston, the great missionary who returned to Scotland after 16 years of service in Africa. His body was emancipated with numerous diseases. He had faced a near-fatal lion attack that disabled his left arm. And Livingston, he, he, he had endurance and he had a courage that was legendary. And while he was speaking to a, a group of university students, they asked him what was the most difficult thing he faced and, and, and how, did, he, how would, did God sustain him amidst all these trials. And here's what Livingston said. It was Christ's promise that he was with me to the end. There will be an end. Guys, that's a good word. This will eventually pass. But until that time, Christ, who is the anchor of my soul, has promised to stay the course with me. Now look what it says in verse 39. It says, and when it was day, and when it was day, out of 14 days of darkness, the morning came. Out of 14 days of darkness, the sunshine came. Out of 14 days of blackness, the light came. When it was day, they all made it. And hear me, this too will pass. And the storm you're in may be trying to break up your ship. And, and the, the rivets are popping. And everything this forces upon you. But Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 says this. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence from behind the veil. Hope is the anchor of our soul and hope is a path to the person Jesus Christ. It's not a feeling, it's a path. You've got hope. You've got the word of God. You've got the presence of the Holy Ghost. You've got hope. You will make it. Glory to God. Amen and amen. The anchor home. 
ship is battered The anchor holds Though the sails are torn
so thankful and glad that you tuned in with us today. I ask that you would just let us know if this has been a blessing to you, an encouragement to you. We love you. We're thinking about you. Until next time, we'll say a prayer. Father, I pray your blessing upon this church. I pray, God, for the people of Grapevine, for those others who are watching. God, I pray you strengthen them, encourage them, give them hope, Father. And God, enable them to live in this life without panic, but calm in you. Because their confidence is in Christ Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Take care.